So Zonta really did come into play there. Michael tried to defend the line and then chose to go the long way around Zonta. Well, it was incredible. <laughs> it, it was, uh, it, it was uh, incredible. <laughs> Daily racing stories. Holy mac and cheese balls. From guests who probably know more than you or think they do. No, no thinking. No, no, Mike. That was so not right. Can you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Listen to stories well known. Stories well known. Lesser known. Lesser known. And never told. And never told. With another episode of Daily Racing Stories today. Now, here's your host. You're probably wondering what that was, and I'll be honest with you, that was a recording of our previous episode from one of the greatest overtakes in F1 history that, believe it or not, actually happened back at Spa almost 20 years ago to the day. Give that previous episode a listen and check it out. Without further ado, though, here's today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the DRS Zone podcast. RJ here once again to break down what was an absolute masterclass from Max Verstappen at the 2022 Belgian Grand Prix at Spa. Let's start off by saying Spa's contract just before the race started was renewed for another year. In my opinion, this is the FIA's way of kind of yanking the chain on the newer and more established Formula One fans. Personally, no bias aside here, I think Spa is one of the corners of Formula One's circuit. In my opinion, what happened with this race still being on the circuit with a one-year contract extension, granted it was not multiple, I believe Kalami uh, was probably not added to the circuit, the South African race, and as a result, Spa maintained its place. Overall, I think the big solution here is pretty much a no-brainer. We should have a certain amount of tracks on the grid that should just stay. Silverstone obviously being one of them. People say Monaco uh, is an issue and is an issue. You know, so be it. There should be a certain amount of tracks that stay on the grid that are historic. They're good for F1. They've been there for the longest time, you know. I would equate this in some ways of saying, you know, it's like pulling just a historic stadium out of the NFL equivalent, you know. The Dallas Cowboys, as much as people don't like the Dallas Cowboys because they're America's team in air quotes, you get rid of AT&T Stadium and the Dallas Cowboys in some way, it's like, you know, the sports, you lose some identity to it. So spa off the grid, not a good thing. we got the one-year contact extension, but I will not be surprised if we lose it. Anyways, not to be long-winded, let's get into the weekend. The starting grid, all over the place. Insert Valtteri Bottas meme where he kind of looks back at the back of, um, you know, the green screen that's been memed. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton kind of up on each other. Uh, From the back of the grid, we had the back grid boys. uh, Mick Schumacher, Lando Norris, Esteban Ocon, Verstappen, uh, 
Valtteri all, all pretty much in the bag here to start off the race. Valtteri's birthday did not go too well, let's be real. Uh, crashed lap one by Latifi, who had one of the better qualifying sessions of the year uh, in 11th. That was kind of sad to see. Let's actually go a little bit backwards more. The highlight of, of the Martin Brundle walk was probably him yelling, Esteban, Esteban, Esteban! Uh, like a seagull looking for scraps uh, out at a pier. If we go even further, Ferrari executed, executed their plan to a T, as in plan G. I don't know how many letters you need, but plan G as in go home. Uh, <laughs> How can you script anything more Ferrari that actually happened during this race? And Charles Leclerc being pitted close to the end of the race to get on softer, fresher tires to get fastest lap, ultimately to lose a spot to Ocon, to only gain it back with about a lap to go, to ultimately lose it because of speeding. Uh, the most Ferrari thing I've ever seen in the world. Let's also not forget to bring it back up to that first lap. Uh, Alonzo having some choice words for Lewis. Lewis ultimately did admit fault for the incident and did not care about saying anything to Alonzo that he had to say. Alonzo saying, yeah, what an idiot, closing the door from the outside. I mean, we had a mega start, but this guy only knows how to drive and start in first. Well, hate to break it to you, two-time world champion, Lewis Hamilton has actually won more races, not in pole position, and from those, he's has more race wins, not from pole position, than Alonso does all time. So, want to bring that to light. No harm, no foul on either of those drivers or fan bases. It blows my mind. Uh, daily racing stories here. The daily racing stories I did see is just this reoccurring theme of Lewis Hamilton fans going after Fernando Alonso after Lewis Hamilton admitted fault and justifying it in ways that. I just don't get it. The driver who's responsible for it admits it, and you as a fan are still trying to say that the other driver was in the wrong. When the driver who caused the issue admits it. That one is one I can't really wrap my head around, and I don't want to be polarizing to any groups. I try to be all-inclusive, but certain fan bases, not shouting out Lewis Hamilton because we know there's other crazy fan bases out there, i.e. the Red Bull fan bases with, with uh, some other issues going on, and I'm sure there's multitude of other things from other fan bases we don't see but it's polarizing to see some fan bases um still wearing in some ways what i might call tinfoil hats again no personal shots at anyone just throwing it out there just because i think it's worth saying and, and don't want to be too long-winded here today uh let's be real battery Valtas said it best lewis hamilton walking down a lonely road um insert green day lyrics uh, just pretty much saying, oh shit, here we go again, to quote him perfectly. Just walking down a service road with no cars to help him out after that crash. And ESPN F1, as an American fan, holy cringe. Not a, only two minutes later, they steal a popular tweet from a, essentially a memeable account and pretty much claim it as their own. If that's the way ESPN operates, Formula One, I praise the almighty that we are not getting uh, Formula One broadcasted on ESPN more regularly. I really hope their coverage does expand. No shots at ESPN, but let's uh, let's step it up here and at least give people credit where credit is due and not steal stuff, to say the least. 
On top of it, Barstool Paddock, uh, gotta say, said it best, 12 laps. All it took was 12 laps for this guy, Max Verstappen, to take the lead starting P14 on the grid. Yep, couldn't have said it better. Masterclass, Max Verstappen. Human, absolute, cheat code, nuts. The guy starts P14. His teammate starts P2, Checo Perez. He ends up beating him by over 17 seconds. Max Verstappen is... His Red Bull has absolutely given him wings, to quote the great Vincenzo Landino as well. Uh, The rest of this season, who knows where it will go, but unreal performance by Max Verstappen. It's comparable to Lewis Hamilton's drive in Brazil, uh, what would have been last season. And you can make a lot of different comparisons regarding what was going on. Two different eras, uh, considering the changes we've had in Formula One, but this is up there with one of the greatest all-time drives, in my opinion. And to watch it live, regardless of who you root for or don't root for, pretty priceless. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to the Tech Heads F1 podcast by Dr. Obbs. Not that they endorse anything that I have to say, or Natural Paradigm, the two hosts who one of which actually they're both they they both one has a PhD and one is in the process of getting a PhD. If you're looking for the technical side of F1, shameless plug, could not recommend their podcast more. Uh, really fascinating, really cool to listen to. But Dr. Ob said it best: technical directive thirty nine or not, Max and the RB eighteen are just on another level right now. Kudos to Red Bull Racing team for doing such an amazing job and coming out of the summer break strong. And I think we all thought Mercedes was going to have. A chance this weekend to get after it at Spa. The Lewis Hamilton streak, um, the longest of his career's winless streak, is extended by another race, and this was their chance as as fans, uh, Mercedes fans, and fans in general. I think this is, we thought this was the one chance. Maybe Red Bull doesn't win a race, also possibly with Ferrari, and uh, that didn't happen this week. So a little bit disappointing, but you know, in some ways, it just proves how great. RB18 has been, and kudos and shout out and props to Max Verstappen. Uh, the other highlights from the race, I mean, we did have a double overtake, which is pretty awesome to see uh, with it with an Alpine. Uh, on top of that as well, I will say the performance from Alex Albon was pretty impressive as well to get where he did with his Williams, especially in the third qualifying session. The Daniel Ricciardo show does go on. That should honestly have its own episode reoccurring for the pyramid scheme that Zach Brown, excuse me, is uh, running or maybe not running over at McLaren. Shout out to Rory for that reference there, just with the amount of drivers that McLaren has opted to try to bring it or not bring into Formula One is still just mind blowing. Was really open for some DR3 points just to kind of still rub some uh, salt on the wound that is his relationship with Zach Brown, but That'll pend coming up in weeks in the future. I will say as well, do have a separate episode coming out shortly after this one, just regarding where Max Verstappen stands in terms of possibly having one of the greatest seasons of all time in Formula One. So catch that and look forward to it coming out sooner or later after this episode. That's all I got for you here today. Hopefully it wasn't too long-winded, but I will be honest... Recording and editing podcasts is harder than you think. I'm not trying to go on a tangent here, but keeping it short, sweet, and concise is just the way I like it. So we're going to keep it at that. 
Hope everyone had a great week and watching and has a great week coming up as well. We'll be back here soon on the DRS Zone podcast. Any stories we're sharing, please be sure to send me a DM, tweet, whatever, and we'll include them on the show. The two stories I do want to get to very briefly, one of which is on this day, he will be celebrating a 75th birthday for the great James Hunt. If you do not know who he is, please watch the movie Rush. I will say no more. On top of it as well, want to give a shout out for one of the cooler fan stories I did see on social media this weekend involving a Carly. Now, Carly here was actually had the opportunity to meet Sebastian Vettel. Said that he met him. He was so sweet and kind. He said thank you for everything over the years. And Seb responded and said, and I quote, no, no. Thank you. Thank you for your love, support, and passion. And then he proceeded to give her a hug. So, pretty cool story from the circuit grid there. And I got to give a shout out to my man Seb for his performance during this race as well. Pretty much putting an Aston Martin where it deserves not to be. And if that's his way of getting back at the strolls for... Um, his retirement or however that unfolded so be it but shout out to sebastian vettel also shout out to carly for letting me share that story as well take care guys and girls we'll talk sooner or later